0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River friends, and for everybody that's just joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you are here with us. We are in week two of a new series called Disrupted because that's what's going on in all of our lives. We are all experiencing disruption. And this week, we wanna talk about disruption at home. I'm gonna start with a home example that's got three elements, a great love story, the best day ever, as well as disruption that takes place in it. The two characters of our story, this is actually found in the scriptures. 2 Samuel chapter 6, if you wanna look at it sometime, These characters would be, first of all, David. Now, that is the David, the one that slew the giant Goliath, and his wife, Michal. Now, Michal was the daughter of Saul. When she and David married, she was head over heels in love with David. David's response to this was, I am not worthy to be married to this woman. Yeah, that's what he said. Michal is willing to risk her very life in order to save her husband when the king's favor turns against David. And in doing so, she actually incurs King Saul's wrath upon herself. David, who has to flee for a long period of time, almost three years, when he comes back and is offered the entire kingdom of Israel, he said, only on one condition will I take it. And that is, if you can restore to me, my wife, McCall, who we've been separated this time that I've been on the run. Now, that is the stuff that true romance novels come from, doesn't it? Not that I've ever read a romance novel, you know, true confession that way, but think about having a relationship like that. We come to the event then of this day, which was David, who has now become king over all Israel, He has moved the capital of Israel to Jerusalem where it remains to this day. And this day, he has brought to Jerusalem the Ark of the Covenant of God. This is a super big deal. Now, for those who've seen Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, you've got an idea what the Ark of the Covenant is, don't you? For those of you who haven't seen that, um, check this picture out, the Ark was the actual place in which the two original 10 commandment tablets were placed. These were written by the very hand of God himself. Also included in this box or the ark there was a container that had manna in it. This was the miraculous food that God had fed the Israels with for 40 years throughout all of the wilderness. More important than all of this, the ark represented the presence of God and the blessing of God. And David had brought it this day into Jerusalem, into the new place of its residency there. He was so elated over this. He had a party in Jerusalem. He had provided um, all the food for people in that he had danced before it. And now he's coming home to bless his house. The story continues in verse number 20 with these words. When David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today. Think about those words. They sound so sweet, don't they? Unless you know Hebrew. And at that point, you already realize these are words dripping with sarcasm. Now, you don't need to know Hebrew to hear how this sentence finishes. How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. That is disruption that has just entered into this relationship. Best day ever is greeted with this. And in fact, this ends so poorly that we read these words, and McCall, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Which means this, though though married together and they lived in the same palace, they were separated for the rest of their life. Now you gotta ask, what just happened here? I don't know if you've ever had the experience of just an incredible day and walked into your home and everything just kind of blew up at that point. We can mark this down that whenever there is a disproportionate response to an offense. It's because there is unresolved issue and conflict that's going on. Now, that was true back then with David and McCall, but we know that that is true as well today. In fact, there have been times that Denise has just offered me a minor corrective statement. And I'm ashamed to say, but I have just turned around and bit her head off. Why? Because there was other stuff that that I was holding on inside of me. We've learned this, that disruption without creates disruption within. And this time that we're in right now with this disruption without, it is causing disruption within and it is getting back into our homes as well. It's one of the reasons that this wisdom that God has for us is so important and so needed in the days in today that we're living today. God tells us this. He said, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. This is a life-giving truth that God is giving to us. And the principle he's speaking here is this. Don't let conflict go unresolved because unresolved conflict doesn't go away. It just continues to build up. He gives a spiritual insight that it actually gives the devil a foothold into our lives, and he is just going to continue to feed those fires in greater ways. But with us, unresolved conflict that is just building up, it's not taken care of, it becomes or it turns to bitterness. And here's what bitterness can do in our lives, the warning that God himself gives. In Hebrews 12, verse 15, he says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness, that little bitterness that begins to take root in our life, springs up and causes trouble, and by it, many become defiled. What is bitterness? Bitterness is the product of our unresolved conflict or an unforgiven offense. And much of this is beginning to leak into or affect our home situations right now. With the stay-at-home order when it first came, weren't the first two weeks a little bit like a staycation, right? I mean, everybody's here, things are different, it's fluid, and we're making adjustments to it. But the next three weeks after that, last three weeks, it's not a staycation anymore, is it? And in fact, with weeks ahead of us, What we're we're seeing, reports are coming back right now. Domestic violence is on the rise. I mean, double digits. That is just heartbreaking and a little bit, I'll tell you, infuriating at the same time. Now, many of us would say, well, that's not a problem in our home. I do want to ask you this. Are you finding more unkind words, more short tempers, more unselfishness that's becoming a problem in your home? Is it that the disruption without is creating disruption within that is within you, and then now that is leaking into your home? This is why we so desperately need these two practical, proactive, essential, relational actions that we're going to just um, finish up with today. Don't try and say that three times in a row. Practical, proactive, relational essentials. The first one is this, that we are going to need proactive forgiveness or restoration in our homes. I'm gonna ask everybody to do this, please. Today, I want you to write out Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 on your whiteboards at home. I'm not saying write the reference. I'm saying write out longhand Ephesians 4, verse number 32. I think it'd be a great idea to screenshot it. Look at these words every day. These words that say, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Did you get it? Forgiveness is an act of kindness. Forgiveness is an act of compassion. And most importantly, forgiveness is the only thing that will restore brokenness or when relationships begin to break apart. This is what David and McCall were unwilling to do, and as a result, both of them became huge losers as a result of that. Now I know, we always think about this. If they offended me, why should I forgive them? Fair question. I think practically speaking, the number one reason is because relationships are so important. Whatever the relationship, husband, wife, Father, son, daughter, parent, child, brother, sister, extended family, you know, you know, friends that you have that way. Relationships are what make life as full and rich as they can be. We don't want to have broken relationships. But even more practically, the reason we should forgive is because of Jesus. Let me say it again. The most practical reason to forgive is because of Jesus. Jesus wants us to forgive. Jesus knows that forgiveness is critical in our lives and in the relationships that we have together. The number one reason for you to forgive is because you've been forgiven. If you're a Christian, If you have been forgiven by God, then the reason, as stated here, we should forgive is because we have been forgiven and we should forgive like God does. God doesn't forgive us because we deserve it. God forgives us because of Jesus. Can you remember the time that you were forgiven by God? I remember remember the first time that I came to God for forgiveness. It It was the evening that I received Jesus as my savior. And the things that I remember about this are are these. One, the need that I had for forgiveness in my life. And two, that I didn't deserve it. This recognition of what Jesus did on the cross for me and that God was willing to forgive me because of what Jesus did in his death, it became this overwhelming sense of love and peace that came into my life. Have you ever come to God and ask him for his forgiveness? Some might think, God can't forgive me for what I've done in my life. Some, I will carry this shame with me all the rest of my life. Hear me, friend. That is not true. Because Jesus' death on the cross, God said, can cleanse us from all sin. That Jesus took our shame upon him as well. And if you've never received Jesus as your savior, if you will If you will come to him today and just ask him for the forgiveness he provided on the cross to be applied in your life, God said that he will forgive us. It is his promise. But don't think that forgiveness is just something back then. It's a true confession again. This week, I needed to go to God and ask for forgiveness. I'd realized that I've got these two idols of my heart that were creeping up in there and beginning to really to take a hold in me and take me in a path that I knew would ultimately be away from God. And I just came to God and I asked him again for his forgiveness. And God, true to his word, forgave me. It's forgiveness that restores relationship. Now, the second practical, proactive, essential that you are going to need in your relationships is going to be a proactive love. As we come into this, I want you to write this down if you would, please. And that is that proactive forgiveness restores relationships, whereas proactive love builds relationships. And it's in both of these that we can discover God. Our series maxim had stated to discover God in disruption. I guarantee you, if you come to God for forgiveness, that you will discover God anew and afresh. And I will equally guarantee you this, when you forgive another because of Jesus, you are going to discover God in the midst of all that disruption that, that took place. Forgiveness restores brokenness. But that's all that it does. You see, we need love if we are going to build relationship. And it is going to be especially important in this time of disruption that we and our families find ourselves in. So when we ask, well, what does love look like? We could say, "Um, well, Jesus said, and I always think Jesus is our number one go-to when it comes to love. He said, love is when we treat others like we would like to be treated. That's the golden rule. Jesus went on to say, I want you to love each other like I have loved you. Both of those powerful, but to me, maybe to you, it's like that is just so big and broad. So I want to give us one specific way that you can be proactive in your love this week, and I think you are going to find it life-changing. So here's what I'm gonna ask everybody to do this week in in your relationships. I'm gonna ask you to bid daily and respond positively. Say that again. I want you to bid daily and respond positively. My wife, Denise, is the one who taught me about the bid. She credits John Gottman, who is a national known relational guru, with the one that came up with this. A bid, Gottman says, is any offer for connection. Any offer for connection. It can be verbal or nonverbal. It can be big. It can be a little thing. A bid might just be a wink across the room. It may be filling up another person's car with gas. It could be by just stepping into the room and saying, you know, how are things going with you? Many different ways that we can bit. Now, honestly, Denise is way better at this than I am. In fact, in a competition, she would crush me. So I'll say, it's not a competition. Earlier this week, when I'm getting ready for this, I'm telling Denise, I'm going to talk about this bidding, I asked her the question. I said, I said, Denise, can you think of any time that you have made a bid and that I just completely missed it? She didn't say anything, but she started laughing. I mean, she started like uncontrollably laughing at that point. I thought she was going to fall over. In fact, I think I can still hear her laughing right now. So I think we just need a little bit of help with this. So here's what, I'm gonna, here's what I'm gonna suggest that we do. I'm serious about this. If you got a ping pong paddle, get out of ping pong battle. You know, this is gonna be just like at an auction, right? You've been at an auction before. And if you haven't, you know, when you wanna make a bid, you just hold up your paddle. Everybody knows like, you're bidding, so every time that we bid, we're gonna just take out our paddle and we're gonna hold it up. You can write bid on it, you don't have to do it. You can just have the, the plain bid paddle that's out there this way. You think like, well, what about I the ping pong paddle? How about a spatula? That looks like it, I mean just, I think everybody in our house just needs to be carrying around spatulas with them. I mean, you can keep in your back pocket there and everybody's gonna walk around, bring it to the dinner table with you. And when things are taking place, you just like, you know, hold it. Every time you make a bid that way. For example, um, just this past week, Denise said, um, hey, would you like to watch a movie with me? And all of a sudden it's was like, and I said, how about if I make some popcorn? Denise said, why don't you sit by me? I said, um, I didn't even say, it. I just kind of, I just reached over one point and I just held her hand. This is going to change us, isn't it? Back, maybe we're gonna have the best week ever. When your kids come up and they ask you, do you have time to play a game with me? Can you talk with me? Do you know what they're doing? They're doing this. And if we respond in the right way to it, this is what's going to continue to build our relationships. Now, if you're a teenager, I think this is gonna be especially important. One, because it's clear, but two, to remind you how important it is for you as well. You may be at that point in life, you're just like, eh, you you know, the whole relational thing, and it might be a little bit strained or even more strained at home right now. Hear me, it is God's will for you that you make daily bids with those in your house, brother, sister, parents, and that you positively respond when they are made to you. There are three responses that we can make to a bid. We can accept it, we can ignore it, or we can reject it. I want to leave you with this image. I want you to think of every important relationship in your life as a fire. This is a fire that I used earlier this week to do some grilling. And as a grill master, I know how important that fire is. With me, when I'm using a fire, I'm a total fan of natural charcoal. It lights easy, it burns long, and it burns hot that way. So when you accept a bid, somebody reaches out, takes your hand, or you walk into the house, this just happened yesterday, walk into the house, Denise got up out of the chair, she walked over, and she put her arms around me and gave me a hug. Know what that was? Even I got that one that time. Well, what was that doing to our relationship? It's like she just added more fuel to the relationship, and every time a bid is accepted, we're adding more and more fuel to the relationship. If you ignore a bid, if she walked over, gave me that same hug, said, how was your day? And I'm just like, eh, not bad. And then I just kind of walked off and did my own thing. It's like taking the coals of the fire and it's separating them. This is what happens when you just ignore it. I think most of us know this, that when you take burning coals and separate them, they don't continue to burn, but the fire actually goes out. This may be one of the greatest ahas you have in your relationships with this one statement. What am I doing wrong? That's not the question. But because there's nothing that's being done to build the fire, the fire has gone out. The third response to a bid, that's when we reject a bid. It's when Denise gets up out of the chair, she comes over, she wraps her arms around, gives me a hug, and I just kind of stand there, you know, arms to myself, like, get this over with, and then I just walk on and do my thing. I've rejected that bid. And in essence, I've done this. With that burning coal, I've just taken water and I have just poured it over. When you reject a bid, it puts the fire out. I think it's interesting that Gottman said, For every one rejection, it takes five positives or five acceptance just to make up for that one one action. Right now, I wanna ask you, how are the fires of your relationship? With those in the room, just look around right now. How are those individual relational fires going? If there is a brokenness, then we need to have forgiveness. And if we are unwilling to forgive an offense, it's bitterness that's gonna come in and it's going to poison it and it is going to continue to get worse until it is completely destroyed. You need to listen to the spirit of God as he just prompts you right now to go over and to say, I forgive, or would you forgive me? Don't, in your pride, say, I am not going to forgive until a person asks for it. I want you to be proactive in that and restoring it. I just want to ask this. How are your bids? Will you make a commitment to daily, with or without an actual prop. When you make a commitment to daily bid in each of the important relationships of your life, and will you respond positively to those bids that are coming your way? This could be really fun. It could be funny. It could be a little bit awkward, but I guarantee you forgiveness in a relationship, all it can do is restore it. And I say that carefully, all. It requires love. It requires this continual connecting for it to grow and flourish, and that is what God wants for each and every one of us here. If you haven't yet opened your life up and received Jesus, come to God for his forgiveness. This is a way that God truly wants you to discover him in disruption, and I want to invite you to do that right now. And after that prayer, would you join me in this commitment to being one who is proactive in forgiveness and proactive in building, in love, in building that that relationship at home? Heavenly Father, for those that are here, and for whatever reason, shame, fear, maybe an indifference, an unawareness. They haven't come to you to receive the forgiveness that brings life to them and will restore their broken relationship with you. Even as they pray this prayer right now, Jesus as best I understand. I accept and ask you for the forgiveness you made possible on the cross. I believe that you rose again and I ask you now to be my savior. God, I thank you for every person that has prayed that prayer and for everyone here that is a Christian. I pray that you would give them, Holy Spirit, your conviction and your power to build their relationships at home, to seek forgiveness, to give forgiveness. Lord, experience the relationship that you want and desire for them. God, as we do this today and every day this week, may we discover you in greater and greater ways and experience your will and your blessing in our lives. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Before we go, guys, so I've been talking about discovering God in our disruption. One of the things that we wanna invite you to join with us in is to share with us how is it that you are having your life disrupted and where have you discovered God or where is God in this? And if you'll take a picture and then just tag us with that, shoot that back to us. No, let me show you. This is mine. So my security is it has been disrupted. You know what I've discovered? That God, my God, is hope, and he is hope and giving me hope that way. Would you just take a few minutes in this next, you know, next 24 hours to be able to you know, fill yours out, do them as a family, do them individually, do them creatively, shoot them back to us, because we wanna hear more and more how God is at work in the midst of our disruptions. Next week, we're gonna be talking about being in the fires together. Can hardly wait to have you back for it. God bless. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.